Welcome to Eden Exchanges. Today we spoke to Peter Raja from Jim's Real Estate. Peter's a regional franchiser for Melbourne Southeast and spoke to us about his franchise journey, the nature of the opportunity with Jim's Real Estate, and how Jim's is positioning itself to attract franchisees in the real estate market. Welcome everyone, my name is Raju. I'm here with Frank Zemus from Eden Exchange. Hello everyone. Look, today we're joined by Peter Raja, who's a regional franchise for Jim's Real Estate in southeast of Melbourne. Thanks all for joining us today, Peter. Thanks for having me, um, Frank and Raju. Look, great for being here. Look, the Jim's Real Estate is a very unique model entering the market. But firstly, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to be involved in the business? and how you became to be involved with Jim's real estate as a franchisor. Sure. So a bit about my background. I sort of initially, when I first um, entered the, the world of the workforce, I was 14 years and seven months, which was the legal Australian age to work in, um, in, in any industry. And I, like most Australians, started off in the, uh, the fast food chain, um, predominantly Hungry Jack's in this case. Yep. Um, and you know what? It actually taught me a lot. A lot taught me a lot about customer service. It taught me a lot about respect for clients. It taught me a lot about work ethic and team environment. And I suppose from being involved in that area, the motivation to progress within the industry was sort of high in my agenda. Um, and I planned to work my way up towards restaurant manager at some point. However, as things happen, um, things took a, a left-hand turn, and an opportunity presented itself, and I made the move elsewhere. And um, eventually, after probably about seven years in the hospitality background, mm -hmm. um, the late nights, the weekends, mm -hmm. the opens and closes had a bit of a, a wear and tear in the body. And um, I saw an opportunity elsewhere where I would have liked to probably have a bit more of a, uh, a routine lifestyle, possibly a Monday to Friday opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, that drove me towards um, looking at options that were there from a Monday to Friday point of view. And obviously from my skill set in the hospitality, there were a lot of transferable skills that I could um, bring into the new industry and unfortunately it wasn't um, anything uh, special or spectacular. It was unfortunately it was a manufacturing organisation in, in Dandenong South mm -hmm. and from that point of view I suppose the desire for supply chain and logistics and um, how the world of freight and logistics works was a bit more intriguing mm -hmm. and that made me um, realise that this is probably a passion that I really want to follow and pursue going forward. That led to a number of degrees under my belt to to understand the industry a bit better mm -hmm. and, and learn a bit more about it. And at some point, I think I made a decision to where my skill set outgrew the organisation I was working for. And um, I was looking for an opportunity elsewhere, like we most of us do. And um, I started working for a, an Australian blue chip steel manufacturer, which mm -hmm. was uh, very intriguing and interesting and, and quite large and very chaotic in some areas, but also quite... Um, uh, motivating and encouraging in other areas. Mm -hmm. um, I was with that organisation for about 11 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's pretty much my background as far as supply chain logistics goes. But going back uh, in my early 20s, when I had some cash stocked up in the in the bank account because I'm mm -hmm. a single man and bachelors and you have plenty of cash available when you're sure. in that sort of lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, I looked at opportunity to invest in real estate. And then I also realised that I quite like real estate in general. So out of that opportunity came... Um, buying and selling a number of properties over the course of 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't anything that I wanted to get into um, from a full-time full work point yeah. basis. Um, however, what was a turning point that made me decide to pursue a career in real estate was a, unfortunately a, um, a very unpleasant experience with a, 
an agent with a family member of mine. And that sort of made me think twice about, yeah, I, I can't change the industry um, and I don't have the power to change the industry, but if I was to step in and start selling and buying, etc., I could be that one person that could make a difference to someone else that would, that, that would never have to go through what I went through um, in that experience point of view. So I suppose that was a catalyst, the driving motivation to yeah. make the switch into real estate. However, at that point in time, there was nothing from an opportunity point of view, point of view that was available. Um, and I certainly did not want to just jump into your traditional real estates that were currently available, um, your, your well-known brands. Um, a few years later, um, an opportunity presented itself with a fixed fee uh, real estate organisation. And I just thought, I like the way they do things. I like what they stand for, mm. the, the transparency side of things, the ethical transaction side of things. This is something that real estate industry had been missing for such a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, and this is nothing against real estate agents, um, the culture, the industry creates certain behaviours within mm. certain individuals. And, and they act a certain way and they do certain, certain things a certain way and that's hugely, highly driven by, I suppose, the level of income they can generate from yep. it. Um, and plus also being a hot property market where mm. you're turning over properties every 12, 13 days mm-hmm. um, and the, the reward that comes with it, you know, can motivate individual to, individuals to have certain uh, sort of mindsets. And I certainly didn't want to be one of those. Um, so the, the traditional model definitely didn't appeal to me at that point in time. This new fixed fee model was very enticing. Looked into it, did a bit of research, and thought I liked it, and made the decision to move into it. And mm-hmm. you know, as far as that, that from there we developed a relationship with the, with the gyms, some of the guys in the gyms group, mm-hmm. and that's where I sort of got to know a bit more about the gyms group and what they stood for and what they um, provide, and from a service point of view, support point of view. Over a course of probably the, the last two years, we've sort of the opportunity presented itself. Um, and here we are with Jim's Real Estate yeah, to make the move. Well, that's a nice little sort of segue to the next question. I mean, um, so I mean, like you said, like selling real estate seems to be a saturated market at the moment. Um, tell me what Jim's Real Estate brings to the table for both uh, franchise franchisees and consumers. Yeah, you're definitely not not wrong there, Frank. It is a saturated market. Um, a lot of players in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, my philosophy is that you know once you once consumers can't differentiate a point of difference from their suppliers, they automatically default to the price. Mm-hmm. Um, from a saturated point of view, um, Jim's brings a a culture of um, transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the the level of trust that's been built over the last thirty plus years from the Jim's group, this paves the way for an individual who have has used a number of gym services, whether it be mobbing, finance, um, you know, plumbing, electrical, whatever it may be, they've experienced a, a level of um, satisfaction from that transaction yeah. and that immediately puts in their mindset in their forefront of their minds that this is a, that was a good experience. Yeah. I don't question or doubt that the real estate division or the interaction with the real estate individuals will be any different as far as the gym's ethos is concerned. Um, gym's paves... Or, the gym's real estate is not reinventing the wheel in any form, anyway. Mm. We're just replicating the current customer service element, what the gym's group offers. But it's also, you know, in a situation where the real estate agent seems to be being disrupted by different companies, you know, things like your fixed fee, your purple bricks, and others who do charge a set fee and have similar models. 
do you see gyms as a disruptor in the industry or do you see gyms real estate as more an enabler of a different way? I wouldn't say a gym is a disruptor. Um, I would say that um, when you bring the word disruption into the marketplace, it indicates that you're in competition, you're trying to, to access a market share that's already occupied by someone else. I believe, and my, my belief is that the gyms real estate group have come into this mm-hmm. to, to work in a collaborative uh, approach with existing agents, um, to network, to build that reputation, to to extract the information that the real estate industry has mm-hmm. and, you know, put it together and be able to service their clients and their needs. And that's our number one priority. Customer service is so pivotal in this industry yep. and that's one thing we solely focus on and that customer service element yep. and making sure the person at the other end of the transaction, A, gets what they want, yep. um, is highly motivated by the, the customer service aspect of it and also just um, the gyms group and the, 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 the security that provides. It's the, an opportunity for us to sort of grow and, and grow in a large network. Sure. Um, so, so you basically, you, you don't believe that, that gyms is a disruptor in the real estate, in the real estate industry. Um, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's another, it's another organization that's, that's absolutely focused on customer service. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think, again, the word disruptor is it's all about um, changing something. Yep. Um, yep. We are just providing another source of alternatives to yep. consumers looking yep. to yep. transact in the, in the, in the industry. Yep. So and you're using that trust of the gym's brand name to, to, to promote to promote the, that, that correct. business. Um, tell me, in that case, who, who do you think is the ideal foundation franchisee? What, what sort of traits do you think that they would have and, and what sort of skills set? Look, personally for myself, I'm looking for individuals who, actually, I'll, I'll go a step back. Um, mm-hmm. Our prerequisites are that it be a licensed agent or at least mm-hmm. hold an agent's rep and with a minimum of 12 months um, experience in the real estate industry. Okay. Um, the real estate sector is quite harsh and, and it's not very, very forgiving. Yeah. If you're not prepared for it, it can definitely chew you up and spit you out. So we're looking for someone who has exposure in the industry to start off with. Now, also, I'm, I'm personally mindful that there are people like myself from different sectors have transferable skills that can be utilised and that can bring a wealth of experience in the real estate sector. Yep. However, for the foundation franchisee opportunity, we are looking for someone who is already has the skill sets, has a database, has the know-how, can hit the ground running and and it's to progress with minimal support from my end as to how to do that specific task, which is to service their clients mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis. Yeah. And what's the response been like so far? Response has been pretty pretty uh, amazing, to be honest. Um, we The gyms division or the gyms real estate group has probably had one of the highest um, inquiries um, of any other divisions that I'm aware of. Um, we've had um, inquiries in the hundreds in the last two, three months that we've been operational. Uh, which is a good sign. Excellent. It shows that the market is looking for that change. Sure. Um, individuals are looking for that opportunity um, with the gyms group provides. Um, mm. And it also dictates that um, people are looking at alternatives. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we're sure. here to provide that. And we can vouch for that as well because we're, we're also seeing a spike in the inquiry for, for sure. gyms real estate as well. There's, there's without a doubt an interest in that concept of a different way to approach the real estate market as well. And, and so there's undeniably interest in it, but becoming a foundation franchisee, how is it a lucrative opportunity? So as the business gets bigger, what are some of the 
advantages that a foundation franchisee can expect? And what, what type of model do you actually work with? So the biggest advantage that a Jim's foundation franchisee will have currently is that because we have limited franchises on the, on the, on the, on the yeah. ground. Yeah. This means that they have a, a wider network to build on. Um, they have more time. So we'll use the, the first to the market approach. Hmm. Um, any businesses that are first to the market has the, an opportunity to, to fine tune um, uh, continuously improve their, their networks. In the case of the foundation franchisee, they will be have a greater opportunity, greater market share, greater access to the gym's resources because they're not sharing with any other franchisees mm-hmm. within a short period of time. Now, that's not a, a huge disadvantage to the, anyone else coming on board next door to an existing franchisee. Mm-hmm. And I think the two working together creates additional momentum and additional support and, mm-hmm. and generates additional brand awareness. Yeah. Um, but one of the key things is for a foundation franchisee right now is that to be able to tap into the gym's resources, whether it's the finance sector, whether it's the, the cleaning sector, whether it's the, the home services sector. These guys are already out there mm-hmm. servicing the clients that the gym's real estate franchisees can tap into and eventually provide them with the, the process of sale or buying or mm-hmm. um or whatever it may be the requirement is from a sales point of view. Um, that access to that resources is pivotal to the success of the gymnast model um, and no other business or no other real estate agencies has that resources that we do. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, the market and resources are there, but it's also the unique commission structure and franchise fee you have as well that can be make it quite lucrative. Um, I mean, how does that translate to someone who could be thinking of making that shift into running their own franchise? Oh, look, absolutely, the, the earning potential is quite higher than their existing uh, businesses they're currently at. Um, and we did a, a discussion with a number of franchisees, and hypothetically, you know, we've had we've we've conducted um, uh, meetings with a number of people who have sold in excess of fifty properties last mm-hmm. financial year. So, on a traditional real estate setup, they're splitting half of their commission. With their principal. Yep. So for example, this individual who mm-hmm. sold 50 properties um, last year would have made, say, an average of $10,000 commission, uh, would have earned $550,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, with a split with the commission, with the principal, they're down to $250,000, mm-hmm. plus whatever ongoing office expenses and admin mm-hmm. costs are uh, attached to that. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, that would have been down to at least one hundred dollars to $200,000 per annum. Mm-hmm. With the gym's model and with the gym's um, 100% commission retained by the franchisees, that would have effectively just made $550,000 um, with um, limited um, outgoings. Um, there are monthly fees, but would have been marginal compared to what he would have had to fork out to the, uh, the principal. Um, so there's a, a huge benefit from a, a revenue point of view, um, and the market share with the gym's credible branding provides that income or can potentially provide the high income stream that one is looking for. Sure. Yes, it can be very lucrative. Um, now, I, I think uh, I just want to sort of go back to a point that you just mentioned about the, the reach of the gyms group. Um, we've got it at currently at 52 different verticals and around about 3,000 franchisees who are, who, who are representing gyms at the moment, which is quite a phenomenal reach, isn't it? Um, that is huge, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's, uh, I, I guess that's what Peter was uh, referring to, we're saying that, that network which is unrivaled anywhere in Australia. Um, and having that network being able to Absolutely. access that, that Correct. Network, yeah. So there's 52 divisions and they vary from all walks of life yep. to your domestic, to your financial sector. Mm. Um, and real estate was a natural, natural progression for the yep. gyms group. Yep. Um, 
and it's it's changing the way businesses are conducted. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people, when I walk down the street or to the shops or wherever it may be, I've got my gym's uniform on and they see the yeah. gym's branding and the question always starts off with, yeah. hey, is gym name to real estate? Yeah. And that's a great icebreaker, for example. Yeah. You know, and that just generates a different conversation around sure. what it brings me from a, a, a regional franchisee point of view, yeah. uh, what it brings me from a self-employed point of view, mm. um, and the, the lifestyle that goes with it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if I touched on before, but the biggest motivator for me to make the switch into um, a full-time paid employment to um, self-employment was the ability to spend quality time with my children. My children are quite young and my family is quite young. Um, this paves the way for me to spend quality, m memorable um, time with sure. my family and my children, to be able to drop them off to school in the morning and pick them up in the afternoon or drop them, uh, sorry, see a school presentation during the, during the working hours where if I was working full-time for an organisation, I wouldn't have had these opportunities. Mm. Um, my kids love me for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, this is an age where if I miss this opportunity, I'll never get that back ever again. Yeah. So yeah. for me personally, it was a huge motivator to be able to be present in their life while they're growing up and you know, get can't, them to... Can't put a price on yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's also the, a, a buffer that can be provided by that franchise because, um, I mean, even like running a business or a small business you know, can't always be said to help with your work-life balance because it can often be a, you know, a, a very all-encompassing task. But Correct. It's also the structures you're having with that franchise that enable that process of work-life balance to, to take place. Correct. Um, Correct. I mean, how is that franchise model you know, a catalyst for that? Basically, being your own boss, you can dictate the hours that you work through mm. the, the clients that you want to meet and yeah. when you want to meet them. Yeah. Um, you can schedule your days and block out calendar times that you want to spend your time with your family. Um, you've got full accountability and control over how you want to manage your business. Um, you know, there are some people who are very highly driven and highly motivated and they may come into this business model yeah. and treat it as such like a nine-to-five kind of environment. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way because our mm. clients are not always available during the nine-to-five mm. hours. Mm. Especially so, in real estate, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. there is some work required during Saturdays and Sundays and, mm. and catching up with clients and making sure mm. you're open for inspections are mm. um, covered and, and areas that need to be focused on, are, you know, touched on. But the ability to just wake up in the morning and um, say, you know what, I might just have a, a gym session this morning and do what I need to do, and then I'll focus on some phone calls a few hours after. Mm. And the ability to, to make those decisions, I think it's um, uh, such a, a, a key benefit for me personally. Um, I can sort of look at my agenda for the day and say, you know what, I had this 10 o'clock meeting today, I might just push it back because I want to do something um, else. That's... Mm. Um, more rewarding with a family, for example, mm -hmm. or my little girl has a school presentation at two o'clock in the afternoon. I might just uh, shift a, a couple of meetings here to make sure I can fit that in. Um, but the ability to, to manage your day-to-day -day activities mm -hmm. um, is it, it's very important as to getting that work-life balance. Now, I, I have known of individuals who don't work between the hours of eleven and two thirty for various reasons, but they once they get the kids into bed at night, they are sitting by the desktop and they're doing what they need to do and that's okay too because that suits their lifestyle. It promotes what they're trying to achieve. Um, so having the work-life balance is definitely uh, critical in any healthy work-life relationship and for me personally, Jim's Real Estate has provided that. Sure. Fantastic. So look, we've had a, uh, a booming real estate market for the last you know, seven or eight years. In, in your opinion, where do you think that's going in the next you know, five to ten years? 
Yeah, interesting question, Frank. Look, the, unfortunately, my cloudy ball is a little bit, uh, crystal ball is very cloudy, I should <laughs> <Yeah>. say. Um, <laughs> having said that, the market is very strong. Um, yeah. If you look at the, the history of the last 10 years, and, yeah. and there are a number of um, uh, factors that has driven the higher demand in property and high prices, but at the moment, right now, um, I think the property prices will remain fairly strong going the next 10 years. Sure. I think the capital cities in general would be very um, strong in the, in the demand. However, the, the unit prices, I think, will soften slightly just due to supply and demand. Um, but the oversupply of units currently will probably have an impact on individuals looking to sell units further down the track. However, look, there are a number of, um, I suppose, internal factors that have a big play in the marketplace such as um, the APRA laws that came in a while ago, the, the lending criteria that are being tightened to make yeah. sure that the uh, foreign investor uh, regulations are more regulated, mm-hmm. uh, first-hand buyers have more opportunity to, to mm-hmm. enter the marketplace. I suppose these little um, internal factors or external factors, I should say, will play a part going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know next year what sort of new legislation may be brought in to mm-hmm. tighten the, the borrowing capacity or will the lenders decide, hey, the, the current APRA laws or the lending restrictions were too severe and we need to loosen that a little bit and allow for more opportunity for more borrowers to come into the marketplace. It's it's very interesting. I think the house prices will remain fairly strong, and but you're not going to see the growth that you have seen in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the last 10 years, the, the whole 10-year cycle um, of your property doubling um, probably won't be to that extent, yeah. but I certainly feel the highest especially the Melbourne market, I think it will catch up to where Sydney is currently yeah. and um, definitely provide a, a good return for individuals who have purchased, you know, mm. five to ten years ago. Um, oh, so there's an opp- yeah. opportunity to um, tap into that equity and move on from there. And you're, I mean, the big push for now is Melbourne for Jim's real estate, but you're also heavily focused on the southeast of Melbourne. Correct. So Melbourne's had a, a population boom over the last couple of years as well. It's also helped drive prices and also that Sydney catch-up as well. You've mentioned a lot of it's been to do with you know, certain suburbs being you know, overrepresented with population. How's your area trending specifically and, and what do you think the opportunities are there? The, the outer southeast of Melbourne is definitely a huge growth corridor and has been very consistent for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first bought in 1999, yeah. that was the beginning of a, a fairly... Um, uh, substantial growth period um, and to this point currently we've seen new estates being uh, popping up in different areas and different locations townhouses um, so the demand and, and the stock is currently there mm-hmm. and I think the demand and stock will continue to grow to be available mm-hmm. um, especially in the southeast um, Clyde North um, Pakenham um, Officer these are the huge growth corridors at the moment that sort of boomed up uh, significantly in the last few years um, but going towards Druin, Warrigal, Trafalgar, these are hot property markets um, and they're selling like, you know, hot fish, so to speak, in a way. Uh, opportunities are there. People are looking to make the move um, to get that lifestyle that they want. However, demand for inner city living probably will be sort of um, more highly driven by the Gen Ys, mm-hmm. where they want to live in and work sort of in a, in a close proximity to mm-hmm. the the social in hub. The, in the apartments, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I think... Um, you know, going forward, maybe uh, the rental demand in the inner city area will be quite high. But as far as um, uh, home and home purchases, out of southeast and across Melbourne, I mean, north and east and southeast and even you know, mm. west is just mm. absolutely booming at this point mm. in time. Um, I think most of the developers and councils and their strategic planning um, have 
plan for the next five years and the ball's already rolling to ensure those estates are built and those demands are, are met. Um, and I think we'll continue to do that for the next um, few years to come. Great. So there's without a doubt a big opportunity there. There'll no doubt be people listening to this who'd be potentially interested in taking up the opportunity or reaching out to you. So what are the next steps from there in to reach out to you? And what's your process in getting someone involved? Yeah, look, we I wouldn't say we have a very stringent process. However, we have a, a process that we want to make sure that we get the right people on board. We're certainly not looking at people who have some money to throw at us and they can just come on board and sign a bit of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not our process. Um, our process starts from making an initial inquiry, um, followed through by a phone conversation, followed through by a possible catch-up if it's a, an opportunity to a have a face-to-face meeting, get to know about how Jim's Real Estate um, can assist them going forward and how, if it is the right fit for them, and, and generally just use that period of time to answer the questions they would have as far as what we offer. And plus also, the franchisees will be working alongside myself for mm-hmm. a, a period of time. So we've got to make sure there's a, a fair bit of, um, I suppose, synergy between the two parties because it will be technically like a marriage um, and we want to make sure we can get along. Having said that, once they've sort of qualified for the, the foundation franchise opportunity, um, the next step is to uh, engage in a, a gym's three-day training course at Murubak, and that's an overview of the gym's group. Um, and by the end of those three days, I think the, the individual will have, will have a fair idea whether the gym's group or the gym's ethos or the gym's model or the whole gym's ecosystem is going to be for them or not for them. At the end of the day, if I've spent a number of weeks with an individual and gone through the process and by after that um, three-day um, training session, they've come to me and said, hey, Pete, listen, I don't believe Jim's real estate is for me or the Jim's group is for me, that means I've done my job well. I've given them every bit of information that they need to make an informed decision. But it's also up to the individual to make sure that they do their due diligence and, and you know extract the information from the likes of these podcasts, financial review information, look up information on the gyms group um, so we have a fairly stringent process but we're also very mindful I'm actually very mindful that as I mentioned before there are individuals out there with a skill set that's very transferable in the real estate sector um, and we're happy to speak to anyone and everyone who is interested in in, in having a discussion about gyms real estate because I think they may not be ready for this now but six months 12 months down the track they possibly may be so let's have that open opportunity in the discussion to see where they sit and where we sit and we're going to have that discussion going forward. All right, fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for that, Peter. Look, we do encourage anyone interested to head towards uh, Jim's website, sorry, the Jim's Real Estate website, jimsrealestate.com.au. Correct. Alternatively, there'll be a contact us box underneath this podcast and we encourage you to submit an inquiry and one of the team will be in touch with you very soon. Apart from that, it's been a pleasure talking today, Peter, and we really would like to get another podcast with you very soon for an update on Jim's real estate's progress. That will be, uh, yep, we're looking forward to that. Thank you very much for your time, Frank and Raghu. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for listening. For more information, head towards EdenExchange.com or BusinessBuyInvest.com. Also head towards Jim'sRealEstate.com and put in an inquiry and one of the team will get back to you very soon. Thanks for your time and hope to speak to you soon.